Hi, this is Christine Baucamp. Today we are picking up at Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, finishing off the end of the chapter. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Well, in the previous verses of this chapter, we learned about how God has chosen us all to be his people and how we are adopted into his family. We learned about the plan he has for us and the reconciliation that is happening and will happen, which makes us united with him and other believers. Remember, in Christ is this major theme here. And, and then we finally, we learned about how the Holy Spirit who is given to believers is like the mark that we're chosen, adopted, and identified as God's people. So Paul has laid the foundation um, of understanding who is part of the family of God, and then he's going to connect the dots for us by showing us, by example, how to be one, and he begins to pray. And Paul prays for the believers that they would have wisdom and understanding. It's a very poetic prayer, and he reminds them of the power of God, and he's reminding us that we are all one as the body of Christ. And it's the image that we absolutely need. The image of all working together, all needing one another, and the power of the Holy Spirit running through us. In all of the letters that Paul wrote uh, to the different churches in these regions, over and over again, he would pray for them for the deeper things of God. Like the stuff that we don't like always know how to ask for, he prays for those wisdom and knowledge that we would be full of hope that believers would have unity and peace and strength that we're growing in love for one another and overflowing with thanks and praise and I, I know that these things might seem really big or maybe even too vague sometimes and it's not that we can't be specific in our prayers for people but what we have here is a really good example of praying for community the believers that you do life with on Sundays or Saturdays or small groups, like the people I pray for are in my home. They're on the worship team with me. They're running a hospital in Soto, Ethiopia. They're running clinics in Grand Haven and recovery programs in Muskegon. So you get the picture, right? Like Paul's prayers for the people, they're not really crisis oriented. Paul is looking at the bigger picture and knowing what we really need. He wants to draw people closer to God 
to imagine life in Christ and with each other in grace and in unity. He wants to remind us of the vastness of God's love and power. He seems to be bringing us past our immediate needs and into this place of hope that is deeper and wider than we can imagine. And we can take a cue from Paul and begin to pray for our brothers and sisters in the same way. Now, I can hear you thinking. You're thinking, I can't pray like Paul. Well, I have to say that, you know, neither can I. But, you know, these kind of prayers, they're not just for like the real professional Christians, right? I just used air quotes. This author, pastor, Ray Hollenbeck, he once wrote, Prayer is accessible to every single person. You don't have to be smart or cool, strong, rich, good-looking, perfect, holy, or even sober. You just have to be present with God. We can all really pray these prayers. No, not just can, we must. These prayers are what we call intercession. It's where we're sort of stepping up to the plate for someone else. And at the heart of intercession is that people would know the living Lord, know him and be in him. Prayer it links us together because we are in Christ. We're joined by the spirit to the risen Jesus and our prayers are linked with his now, whenever I feel like I don't understand things or my mind gets clogged with questions or with doubt, does your mind ever get filled with doubt? Yeah. Well, I have to remember the point, right? The point of this life. You know, this is my choice. I haven't always followed Jesus. There were years when I even swore that God didn't exist, and I lived according to my own whims and wishes with no regards for other, with no regard for others. I was nice sometimes, maybe even kind, but my life was just that. It was mine. And I remember people, even my own mother, saying to me, I'll be praying for you. Like she didn't sound like that, but that's what she would say. And it wasn't condescending. But I would say to her, don't bother. Don't waste your prayers on me. Later, I remember meeting um, Christians the first time that I walked into a church as an adult, and I remember how caring they were. They were, it was so much so that it almost felt intrusive, and I, you know, I still had so much to hide that it was uncomfortable to be cared for and loved with honesty instead of ulterior motive the way that the world can love. But I did, I felt loved and comforted and cared for. And in that, I grew strong. It was deeper than I had ever experienced before. They prayed that I would know the vast love of Christ, that I would experience freedom from my addictions, that I would grow in wisdom and courage, and that I would have the strength to follow Jesus. The truth is that I need people to pray for me. For the big things, the spiritual, supernatural, straight from heaven, heart of God things, I need you to pray for me. C.S. Lewis once wrote that a Christian fellowship lives and exists by the intercession of its members for one another or it collapses. That's heavy. So... I don't know, if we feel like we can't pray or we just don't know what to say, 
It's all right. You get a prayer book. You pray the scriptures. You find a litany when we don't have the right words, but we don't stop. We pray and we keep on praying. And if I'm praying for you and you're praying for me and we're praying for groups and leaders and churches, we're knit together like a beautiful tapestry. We're bound together like a rope intertwined, strong and sturdy. And we're like one, like a body that works together, that proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ, the great news of reconciliation, a body that moves together and works together as one. Well, rather than ending by praying together today, I'm going to pray for you right now using scripture the way that Paul teaches. Father God, I confidently and boldly come before you. Father, I thank you for all who are listening, and I ask that you would continue the good work that you have begun in each one until the day of completion, just as your word says. For all who are listening, Lord, I pray that your infinite wisdom would teach us how to increase in unity. All who are listening would gain wisdom and understanding for your will in their life that they would have full understanding of their in, in eternal inheritance as an adopted child in God's family. I pray for you all that you would have a better understanding of his love, how high and how deep and how wide is his love for you. Amen. Have a great day.